Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length, the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. Prost is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about Prost, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health. This is an online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available, or for those who are just too busy to attend consults, or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health, so Prost to you. November 11th. 11 a.m. 60 seconds kids watch on the wall in the pub in the tab in the cars we remember and wonder what we Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we're going to speak to RJ Windham. He's an author and soon to be podcaster. He was the victim of a hit and run accident and left for dead in the middle of a street when he was only five years old but he survived. At 26 he was the victim of a terrorist bombing of a train station where lives were lost and dozens were injured. However, he still survived. And then most recently, in 2019, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer and survived that as well. So today we're going to learn about survival and we're going to talk about RJ's life experiences and his prostate cancer adventure. And I like this because um, it is what he calls it. RJ calls prostate cancer, not his journey, but his adventure. So we're going to find out all about RJ today and his new book that's coming out and all the ways he can help anyone who is going through prostate cancer um, with their lived experience. So welcome. Oh, thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. Where are you exactly, RJ? I am in Los Angeles, California. So Los Angeles to California, um, Perth, Western Australia. I think that's about 17 hours on the plane. (laughs) I've done that. Uh, I know because I have um, family. Uh, my wife's from Sydney. Okay. And uh, I have family in Western Australia, New South Wales, and uh, Tassie. Fantastic. Well, it's a great honor to have you because you are going to share with us the perspective of prostate cancer from a lived experience. And you've been so motivated that we see a whole host of books coming out soon. So, could you give us a little bit of background as to your own experience with prostate cancer when it all started? Of course. Um, like most men, in um, 2018, I had uh, a physical 
um, annual physical with my um, doctor. And what she said to me was that my PSA levels uh, were spiking above the norm. So more tests were done and um, those came back at an even higher rate. So uh, a referral was made at that time uh, to the urology department. And so I was actually at a hospital that was known for world-class uh, cancer care in Los Angeles. It's very famous uh, for the treatment. And so what happened was um, in a routine visit, the urologist said to me, boy, I think we found something. And so I had the proverbial fork in the road where mm. I could get a 4K blood test that would you know, provide him with a risk score and the determination of the percentage of you know, potential cancer, or I could do a biopsy. Now, this was mid-2018. Um, previously in 2015, um, I spiked back then, and the uh, urologist said, no, it's a little controversial. If it was me, I would probably not get the biopsy. And so, um, you know, everything kind of remained active surveillance and, you know, dormant for the longest time. So um, I had the 4K blood test instead of the, um, instead of the biopsy. Uh, it was just a choice I made. And, um, you know, so that was, that's how I originally was diagnosed. I received okay. a phone call uh, on a Friday evening at 7.30 p.m. And uh, the doctor told me that I had prostate cancer. And then what happened from, from there um, in terms of your treatment? So what happened was um, after I was diagnosed from the first hospital, um, my insurance coverage changed, which is a bit um, strange to someone in Australia, but it's very common here because your health insurance in the States is tied to your uh, employment. So if your employer changes um, or they change the uh, provider, your insurance changes. So mine changed from uh, a very you know well-respected company uh, to an HMO. And so what did that mean that you couldn't have? So what that meant was I had a whole set of new doctors and uh, I went from the world, I went from a world-class facility where, you know, the movie stars go and, you know, there's always press out front and, you know, the treatment that you get is just five star as far as, um, you know, cutting edge and um, the latest technologies. And um, so I had to meet a whole set of, uh, uh, new uh, doctor to get a second opinion. And uh, so I did the biopsy. I had to uh, finally, you know, okay. with them. And so then you, ha- I presume you had to go on with tra- um, actual treatment after that, after the biopsy? Right, right. So what, what happened was um, um, they had a brand new biopsy machine. And uh, so that was actually my first introduction to the new uh, team, the new urologist and his team. And uh, it was just my luck that there were four other urologists that were there touring to take advantage of this new, um, you know, machine that they had just purchased. So I was laying there at the most vulnerable point in my life. And um, they were speaking about me in the third person. They were like, see over here, you can see uh, the tumors here. And then over here, you can see the contrast here. So I was laying there and that's how I found out that I had prostate cancer. 
Mm. It sounds like a very vulnerable situation to be finding yourself in. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds as though you felt a bit like a teaching tool rather than a person at that moment in time. A- absolutely. So so this went from, uh, to give you a point of reference, this went from 2018 now to 2019. And so um, my surgery was scheduled um, for uh, May, uh, excuse me, for April 17th of 2019. So um, it took all that time. Um, unfortunately, the healthcare system, as you two operate within it, understand how you know it moves at a snail's pace, especially from the patient's point of view. Yeah, definitely. So, what sort of treatment did you end up having? Um, surgery. So I did have the surgery. So an appointment was made originally with uh, chemotherapy. And uh, so I met with the head of oncology and we sat down in his office and he described everything to us. You know, I had a nice stark reality um, presented to us. And then his recommendation was for the um, robotic um, assisted uh, prostatectomy. Okay. And that's obviously what you went for. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, so what happened is um, I had the surgery. It was, it was April of 2019. And then um, about six months later, um, I started getting severe pains in my abdomen, so much to the point that I was doubled over. So they brought me back in, they did a CT scan, and they found out that I had an abscess from um, basically uh, symptomatic lymphocyte. And so they drained the, um, you know, the abscess and uh, they told me that it actually looked like um, maple syrup. You know, so that was that Yuck. was a bit scary. Have you ever and, eaten maple uh, syrup again? I, I don't know <laughs> if I will after that. Not in my pancakes. No, no <laughs> n- nothing like that. <laughs> so, um, so now we're at the end of 2019. So this happened again, only worse. So we're now um, into May of 2020. So when the whole world was looking to, you know, to shelter and, you know, find some way to Make. You know, escape the pandemic, um, I had to have a second aspiration. And uh, so it was um, worse this time. Um, I, I had severe pain. It, it um, took me down to like one knee. And, you know, so um, I had to mask up. First, I had to call, are you accepting patients? Mm-hmm. Secondly, I had to mask up. I had to go down and I had to get a, um, a you know, negative COVID test. And then they performed the surgery for a second time. So then I got even uh, more sick. I became very ill weeks mm-hmm. after the second aspiration. And I ended up having a third one from the head of the IR department. So he went in and he did the surgery. So this time I was not sedated. I opted mm-hmm. for a local anesthetic because I wanted to be awake to find out like what is going on. I'm assuming they're going through your perineum. Is that right? When they're doing these mm-hmm. aspirations? Yeah, they use, they use, it's a, you know, you know what it is. It's a, like a double reverse, um, a lumbar punch, if you will, with an 18 mm-hmm. gauge needle. So just and for so, the people listening, the, what I'm understanding that you're saying, RJ, is so you had the robotic removal of your prostate and then you developed in that area an infection which was drained two times via the perineum. Is that correct? And then the third yes. time. And then the third time you went back and had it again. Oh, it's just awful. Correct. You're lucky you didn't get septicemia. 
I know it was um, it was very touch and go for a while. Mm. And um, so what's what's happening is um, uh, a combination of of that lymphocil. Um, and then when I was discharged, they didn't dress the um, the spot where the fully uh, drain was. And so we didn't realize that uh, when we left, you know, we we queried like, you know, should we bandage this up? Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know what kind of bacteria I was exposed to either with that. So every year, once a year, I get a sore throat. I have, um, you know, uh, different uh, high fever, uh, sweats, things of that nature. Okay. And um, so... So that's why I'm saying that was my experience. And, you know, so, so moving on from that, was your PSA been clear since then? My PSA has been clear, um, okay. although um, coming up, I still have to have um, an MRI done. I have an MRI um, at least once a year, your okay. um, MRI or CAT scan, to make sure that everything is clear as far as the um, abscess building up. So this is kind of... Um, and I don't know what your previous life was, but this has all really, this whole experience of yours, and I'd like to know what your previous life was, but this whole experience has really kind of set you on this whole new journey, hasn't it? You've written, you're writing books. Adventure. About, adventure. adventure, sorry. Yes, adventure. adventure. You're course. writing books Never about a journey. prostate cancer adventure. And um, <laughs> so what was your, your career path before you, this big change happened in your life? Well, um, I was in advertising. Um, prior to and um, um, an athlete uh, before that. So um, uh, height-wise, I'm six foot five and uh, I don't know how many stones, but 240 pounds. So I'm never sick ever previously. Um, if I had something, I would bounce right back um, you know, faster than most. Um, so when you hear um, that, you know, you've been diagnosed with cancer, um, I actually lost my mom to pancreatic cancer and um, a beloved aunt to lung cancer. So going into the radiology appointment, you know, it left me, you know, a, a big concern because I had already experienced, I know what those three words mean, you know, prior to myself being diagnosed that you have cancer. So um, during this adventure, I wrote four books. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I'm I'm releasing each one in about you know three to four months at a time. Different. So you've so. completed writing them all, all of them. Yeah, I wrote them all. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So tell us about your first one. So the first one's a memoir. That's the one um, I sent you. And so over the years, people have asked me about uh, the different things that have happened to me in my life. Uh, when I was five years old, as you uh, stated on the onset. I was um, actually um, the victim of a hit and run and left for dead in the middle of the street at five years old in front of my whole family. It was mm. Independence Day here, which is a very big deal. Mm. And um, it was a one-way street. Um, and so the person decided that they were going to try and you know get to a destination faster by going the wrong way down a one-way street. And they hit a kid, you know, I was mm. five years old. Left, left you for dead on the road. In front of um, six of my family members <laughs> that were looking on. That's awful. And so that was and, your um, number one brush with death. That was the first, you know, brush mm-hmm. with death. Uh, the second one, I was uh, 26 and um, I was traveling by train from the States um, to Canada. 
for a holiday in um, the old city of Quebec, which is very beautiful. And um, I visited there from eight to 18 every year uh, as, as a young man. And um, so when we were traveling, I was traveling with a, a partner at the time, and we got to this train station in Montreal, and we were delayed coming in from customs. So they moved all the people from my train that were going north to Quebec to a different platform. And they took this group there of tourists um, that were headed to Ottawa, and they put them in our place. So I found out later that, um, you know, uh, the plan was that they were going to try and kill the Americans that were coming in there and they planted the bomb there. So I took two steps to the left because I didn't like the idea of my partner sitting alone and mm. boom, the whole thing blew up. I actually mm. thought it was an earthquake. I thought the mm. ground was literally going to swallow me up. And so it's like a movie. Everything's moving slow motion and there's shrapnel, you know, flying in, you know, every direction. And uh, so I got back and I thought, you know, partner was dead. I could not find her. Mm -hmm. So then we ended up finding each other. We made it outside and we followed the authorities' direction to, you know, to sit on the sidewalk with the other, um, you know, survivors. So that was the second brush of death. So I thought that, you know, after the first two that, you know, I was pretty set for life, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, that. Things come in threes, though. Faithful Friday at 7.30 p.m. when I had a stoic call that, oh, yes, you have a 70% chance of cancer. Mm. So then, so you wrote that book. That talks about, the first book's talking about your memoirs. And I, I'm assuming yeah, about Yeah, it, it talks prostate. about that. And it mainly talks about the, um, you know, the two incidences and, and how they occurred. Um, mm -hmm. And then my struggle and where we are today. And then I wrote a second book. And it was based on um, a homemade journal that I created. So my mind works that I put a lot of information in it and I have to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like a spam folder. I think know, and Joe I mean, and I would both identify with that. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of so I would take a journal and I would make notes waiting for the doctor. Okay. And then I would sit for 10, 15 minutes, either in the car or back in the waiting room and compress all the notes of what we talked about and what we didn't cover. And so that eventually took, in, uh, took into consideration um, a lot of factors that um, I didn't remember or um, didn't have the chance to bring up. So I always had those notes in front of me and out of my head. So my second book is called Patient to Patient, which I named the podcast after. And it's 30 tips. It's uh, 10 tips before, 10 tips during, and 10 tips after uh, your surgery in this case here. And, and, and you then, said, sorry, yep. Oh, no, go, please go ahead. I was going to say, so the reason for writing the first book, Patient to Patient, you mentioned that in your sort of overview that you found it difficult to find a book that wasn't written. Right, that was in the, that was in, the in, in my memoir, um, in the, um, in, in, uh, Inside the Mind of a Cancer Patient. And that's what it was. When I would read studies, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I had to fill myself with knowledge so I could understand, you know, where I was. I hadn't, you know, knew of prostate cancer, of course, but I didn't know the ins and outs of it. So I wanted to give myself a, 
a crash course in, um, you know, in this specific cancer. So I started off by reading studies and books by urologists. But when I was done, I felt, um, you know, they were a little cold, a little clinical. It talked about um, their studies, their patients, but nothing. I always was told as a child that books select you to read them. So so I I found that nothing, you know, that was written um, selected me to read these studies. So then I read accounts by other uh, prostate cancer patients, but they didn't have the same adventure that I was on. So Mm -hmm. I felt that, you know, I was compelled to then write my story. And that's why I I entitled the book Inside the Mind of a Cancer Patient. And why do you like to use the word adventure rather than journey? Because of the fact that I I just felt it's more apropos um, because of the fact that um, you you, uh, lose people along the way, you gain people along the way. And the person that you are when you first set out on the adventure, you are not the same person when you return from that adventure. And um, so, so that's what, it, that's just the mindset that I have of it. Um, you know, when I was editing the book um, and um, probably going through my last rewrite, I lost my dad, um, you know, in, um, in Jan- late January. So, but yet I found all new people along the way, like here mm-hmm. I am sitting and talking to the two of you. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. different <laughs> So like different connotation. Yeah, I like the connotation of adventure as well because it almost sounds like it's actually the the when you're going on it is the learning rather than you aiming to get to the end, which a journey has, doesn't it? It's like enjoying the it is. The you're absolutely yeah. right. And then see mm-hmm. people have a different part to play that you may not have met yet. You know? mm. And so that's just my mindset um, for for the adventure. So then let's bring us to book three. This one is... Book three. Okay. So <laughs> um, about the time when I was going into, um, uh, say, uh, penile re- rehabilitation and um, pelvic floor exercises and things of that nature, the whole world stopped. Mm-hmm. So while I was having these surgeries out of you know, necessity, um, all of my rehabilitation stopped. But prior to that, um, I was um, um, I met with the compounding company, and um, a vacuum erection device was was provided for me. And um, but there was no real follow up. So um, um, what what I found was that there was no pills, pumps, and pelvic floors for dummies. You know no, I mean? which so, is interesting. So that's you say what that. I wrote. That's what yeah. I wrote. So, so that's, that's what you've written. Yeah, yeah, which is a is very is exact same experience that I had, but not personally, obviously, because I don't have a penis or a prostate. But um, yeah. doing this job is the experience I had, and which is why I started that online penile rehabilitation course because I feel like there's all this amazing research and medical knowledge out there, but it's not really translated that well, so that a person can pick up a map and go, "This is how I get from A to B." You know, you can see someone like me, you can see someone like Joe but there isn't really a plan anywhere where you can go, this is what I need to start with at step one on my new adventure. I'm going to call it an adventure from now on. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to get to the end. And so um, I'd be really interested to read that book because it would be interesting to compare the difference between your patient journey of that and mine as a clinician's 
version of that story, same same adventure. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that one. And, and oh, thank you. And and you're you're absolutely right when it comes to um, things that are sort of um, there's no X Y Z that at this point this happens and then followed by that and then followed by this. So there's no roadmap. So if you're a man, like for instance, for me, I was raised by uh, what I put in the book, eight wonderfully mad Scotch women. You know what I mean? So my grandmother had um, seven girls. So just imagine this. So seven girls and one boy. So you have seven, you know, girls that are competitive with each other. You have seven girls in one tiny bathroom. So they all raised me basically because I'm the youngest. And uh, so, um, you know, one of the things that I uh, felt more familiar with was I would um, seek out uh, like a female GP or um, I didn't have a female urologist, but for the most part, most of my doctors, the good, I'd say 90% of them are female because mm-hmm. if I have a male doctor, it's just my, um, my mindset, my upbringing. I say, everything's fine. It takes me three months to get an appointment and they go, <laughs> well, you know, uh, how's it going? Fine. I'm like, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm great. You're great. And, you know, see you in another three months where I can sit and have a conversation. I can have a conversation with the two of you. And um, now um, I actually started um, searching for things uh, when I was writing my first book, anything I could either watch or get my hands on. And one of the first uh, videos that I saw that provided information for me was you, Dr. Joe, with Victoria Cohen. Okay, on a touchy subject. Oh, yes, yes. So um, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep looking and looking and looking and searching until I can find something. And um, mm-hmm. so I was able to, okay, get some sort of understanding of where I was. And uh, so I appreciate that's, that. Yeah, that's really fascinating because I think uh, one of the things with Victoria is she's really tried to open up the voice of the patient to the rest of the world. And, you know, looking at your website and seeing her on the front front line there, advertise mm-hmm. as someone you recommend is, is really wonderful because I know Victoria has touched a lot of people globally mm. and um, yeah it was great to be able to, to share that from a um, perspective because I always like to acknowledge that I, that you as the patient have the most important voice that we need to learn from mm. right right exactly and see um, it doesn't matter where you are in the world you could be in Perth you could be in Los Angeles um, I have um, people that I talk to uh, on a regular basis that work with cancer patients in Zimbabwe um, that work in Ontario, Canada. And it's mm. the same stories. There's cracks yep. in the sidewalk for men, um, you know, when it comes to prostate cancer treatment. Absolutely. And it's sort of yeah. like when you're a brand new patient, there's a lot of things for you. But then it's sort of like you're that person, you know, that nightmare dream where you're the only person on a train to nowhere, you know, and that's how a lot of people feel. Yeah, I think so. So, and just because I'm mindful of time, then tell us about the next book. This is the probably the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, unlocking the five keys to better sex without a prostate. Yeah. So, so, so tell us about that and how you came up with these keys. Well, um, firsthand, 
<laughs> from going from um, a separate mindset of um, where I was previously as a man to where I ended up. Um, because basically what happens is your whole world crashes in front of you. So if you're, if you're a man, in, in my instance, I was raised by a lot of women. So I have a different mindset than, you know, like, for instance, my father was, you know, five, you know, strong, you know, boys that, you know, were raised by my, my grandfather and my grandmother was blind. So my grandfather did a lot of the different things around the house, but, you know, it's a, it's a different mindset. So what happens if you're a man and you go through a prostatectomy, the majority of the time, it doesn't really matter the skill of the surgeon and nerve sparing, you're an unplugged toaster <laughs> or an appliance, you know, because you're left impotent. So then you have all of this stress and you have all of this, um, I guess, um, guilt, self-doubt. Um, you, you have a war that starts raging between your mind and your body. And your mind is trying to convince your body, you know, that it doesn't work. So you have to separate the two of them as if they were children on the playground. So I learned each of the five keys. And so that's what I put in the book, but I can't tell you what they are. You have to Can you tell us one of them? <laughs> Sneak preview. We know your podcast is being launched soon. What I would say is that um, um, I'm going to send you the book when it's ready. <laughs> Okay, I can tell that you were in advertising now before you did this as a job because, um, yeah, you've, you've got it all nailed. Keep it hidden. Tell us, get us on that hook. Join the wait list. Yeah, we are now. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Now you're holding my feet to <laughs> the fire, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, that's okay. Can you tell us about the podcast that you're going to be launching? Yes. Um, we actually uh, started filming already, and um, I have people from um, different parts of the world, not just in, uh, in America, um, but we have uh, different people that bring different skill sets. So I've positioned it to be um, very similar to what Netflix does with their movies. So we're bringing out, we call it a limited podcast series. Um, Wait a which means Can you just go back? What Netflix does with so their movies? Movies. Oh, I thought you said movies. Yeah. I was like, what does Netflix do with its movies? I'm you could cut that out. Sorry, anyway. sorry. I'm back to the movies now. You're okay. still on the five keys, I think. Um, yeah, I'm stuck on there. Yeah, it's all right. You go. <laughs> so, so what happens is, uh, for instance, if you if you watch like Home Box Office, HBO, you watch a program and then you have to wait till the following week and then the following week and then the following week. What Netflix does is they release in this case here, all eight episodes at once. So that's what we're doing. So we're launching all eight episodes in June and then second series will be in December. So we'll launch another eight in December. So we're creators, but we're not doing like, you know, tune in every Wednesday for, you know, a new discussion around the globe about prostate cancer. So that's just something that we're, you know, we're um, looking to do. And when you say we, are you working with a team or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little yep. production team. And, and, and uh, is it, is it interviewing patients as well as health professionals like we do on the penis project? Yes, it's both. Or? It's both. Yep. Uh, internally, we call it no appointment necessary when we interview someone like the two of you because of the okay. fact we're bringing you in and it can get yep. global views. And so, um, and then uh, internally when we do a patient, 
uh, we do, uh, you're not alone. So that's our internal, you know, kind of segment where we want to hear your story. We want to bring, you know, your struggle, uh, your, um, you know, overcoming um, whatever you had to overcome in order to be a survivor. See, another word that I'd like to stay with, um, people who say, well, you know, so-and-so is a, a cancer survivor. He's a cancer champion. And not everyone can be a champion. Some people mm. are just survivors, you know? Yeah. And mm. they don't, you know, they don't have the, um, the desire to be a champion, you know, but they need to survive. So we want to have everyone have a voice and be able to go ahead and bring different points of view and from people from different parts of the world. So we're also um, working on, as I mentioned to you, Melissa, um, a retreat. I'm working with two companies that are cutting edge global um, you know, corporations. Um, that just love the idea of, of the podcast and its format and in our uh, global reach uh, that we're looking to do. And uh, so we're um, looking at something in 2023 um, in uh, Hawaii. Yeah, I, was, I already put our names down. I said, Joe and I will come and, and speak at it if you want us to come there. We've, been, so we've both a, never I have been a title to Hawaii. For you, the Penis what, Podcast in Paradise. <laughs> that is perfect. I love it. The penis podcast. We could do in a little paradise. Paradise. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm into it. That sounds now, great. Nice. Really, really good. Do we have the opportunity to know the title of your podcast? Yes, it's. Uh, I actually took the name of my second book. It's called Patient to Patient. Okay, great. Okay, and when so, um, so that's what we're doing. So we're we're trying right now. We have a couple of people, but uh, nothing's been confirmed. But what we're really looking for are um, spouses, you know, um, uh, a female's point of view from what it's like. Because uh, I go into great detail um, in my first book about that. And uh, but it's something that I think could really help people, um, you know, around the globe to hear. Uh, yeah, you know, I agree. We've actually interviewed with There's a one of our voice. one of our episodes on um called Punch and Judy. We get the female point of view in there. And, and Mrs. Mm -hmm. Parker. And Mrs. Parker. Yeah, we've got a couple of female points of view in ours if um, you want to have a listen. I think it's yeah, great. Um, I think it is really good to have the female point of view because it's it really does affect everyone as in the whole relationship. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah, I actually, I had a guy, speaking of that, tell me a funny thing last week. Well, his wife did actually. <laughs> She said, oh, we're not that devastated about the lack of erection. You know, we're prepared to wait for it to come back. But the only problem is, is when he's being a grumpy old man, I just used to be able to have sex with him and it'd be nice for a couple of days. And now I've got no way of cheering him up. And I was like, None. that's a really well, good point. Like, that's a good, a good point. Well, if you go to my resource section, I may have um, some solutions for that. On your website? Yes. On my website, under resources. Okay. Well, let's talk about your website. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what the name of your website is for those listening? It's RJ Windham with an I W I N D H A M dot com. It's a very beautiful website. Did you design that with your advertising mm -hmm. skills? Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> That's great. So any I will put the website so that people can go and check out the books that are coming and also the uh, podcast. And you can subscribe to your website, can't you? So then they'll get a notification of when these things are released. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there is going to be hard copies of the book as well, isn't there? Because yes, um, yes, there's an ebook. I sent you the uh, the ebook. Um, yep. the paperback and the hard copy as well. Yeah, I got and that. You'll so find when, all of that very soon on on Amazon, probably sure. in and, about two weeks. Okay, and if you, um, as we discussed before, we can always I can get you to send me some books here, and I can sell mm-hmm. them to people in Australia if they're interested. Or you, right, yeah, right. I, I may be in, could be in Western Australia um, at some time before the end, end of the year. Oh, great! So we might get to meet you in person. We'll have to do a <laughs> RJ Wyndham Part Two follow up. There we go. Absolutely. Or, or we have some free things to give away. We'll have RJ Wyndham Adventures on Tour or something podcast. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, oh. it's been – have you got any other questions, Jojo? Oh, sorry. No, I'm, I'm just really intrigued to um, see the evolution of your books roll out and I'm very keen to read them myself. Mm. Oh, well, was, thank you very much. It was great to chat to you. We really appreciate you making contact with us and we're really happy that you're listening to our podcast as well. And um, it. it's great. It's really good. And I thoroughly enjoyed the adventure of um, trying to get to speak to you today, RJ. Um, I know, it wasn't <laughs> an adventure. The IT and the Zoom we tried everything. We I still have the podcast um, set up in the corner over there. And um, <laughs> so but we, we, we made it work no matter what. Yeah. We did. That was great. I'm not sure what time it is for you, but I'm sure it's a good night. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's after 11, I'm sure. Yeah, it's about 11.30-ish, I'm sure. Well, thank you. Um, hopefully you won't turn into a pumpkin in 22 minutes. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right, right well, listen, we'll... thank you so much, and it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, and we'll be in touch. Okay, bye Take now. care and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank bye you bye. so much. You bye, bye now. Bye. Tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions, and so much feedback. And Melissa and I are absolutely thrilled about this. What we'd really love you to do, though, is to share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit including any man in your life. Simply download using your favourite podcast app or subscribe to the penisproject.org. You'll get a weekly email and new releases and this helps our podcast get more people. And if you write a review and subscribe as well, well, we'll get known more widely across the globe. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Women, just a mystery to me. my own now it fills me with pride to see him growing so fast into a man